You are listening to the Thinking Effect podcast with Orshul Green and Lillian Kriegler. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Thinking Effect podcast. How can teachers use questions to enhance learning? I have a very special guest with me today, Nikki McGuire, to talk about this very important topic. So let's say hello to Nikki. Hey, Nikki, how are you? Hi, Lillian. I'm fabulous today. Really excited to to share um, a passion of mine around questioning and curiosity and imagination in the classroom. Fabulous. Nikki, would you introduce yourself to us and to my list to our listeners? Hi everyone. Um, my background is in education and also as a, a consultant and presenter in um, both primary, secondary, and also the tertiary education sectors. Um, my career has spanned across independent government and the Catholic um, education sectors. I've got a real passion for the science of learning for inclusive education, and um, that's been fulfilled in my master's in inclusive education. I'm a certified international Feuerstein instrumental enrichment trainer and facilitator and an experienced dynamic assessment practitioner. I've worked across learning enhancement, um, academic coaching, well-being, school planning, and also program designs and delivery in my career so far. I know, and we've worked together for many years, Nikki, and your training that you did to become your uh, senior coach we did a lot of that study together and have had the privilege of traveling to some of the capitals in Europe to do the summer schools. So for the listeners, that Feuerstein Instrumental Enrichment is deep, um, deeply engages with thinking. Uh, and the Professor Ruben Feuerstein, and I speak about him really often, designed and practiced and became very, very knowledgeable about 28 cognitive functions and how they help us at every age to think and to help our knowledge to grow, but even intelligence. And so Nikki and I have spent a lot of time together and we've really been privileged to learn and have those foundations together. But as you say, Nikki, curiosity is probably one of the greatest drivers of learning, probably one of the most important. And how you get to create, sorry, and how you get to curiosity is through questioning. And I know that you have some great ideas about this. Um, so would you like to tell us what you know and what you think about questions in the classroom? Thanks, Lillianne. I think uh, at the moment it's more important than ever that we are really focused on creating that ecosystem or incubator of curiosity and imagination through questioning uh, in our classrooms in our schools. Um, recently, I've read the book Imagine If by um, Kate and the late Sir Ken Robinson, where um, they talk about questioning as a critical skill for our future and for the future as it leads to curiosity and that helps our children and ourselves make sense of the world that we currently live in and the future. Uh, Warren Berger also wrote an amazing book called um, The Beautiful Question, and he defines questions as an ambitious and as, as ambitious and actionable that shifts the way that we perceive or think uh, about something and serves us as a catalyst to bring about change. And I think they're really um, important quotes at this stage 
of our ever-changing society. These uh, questions in particular that we're talking about today, and as you mentioned, through our training at um, through Independent Schools of Victoria in the Feuerstein technique, these questions help us move these students from this visual perception in learning where they can look at something and come up with an answer, but not actually understand why, uh, to that cognition space. And we move from visual perception to cognition through the language and the language that we use when we question. Um, th this questioning is both important as we organise our thinking around what we don't know and also for our students or children to be immersed in a culture that celebrates and provides so many opportunities for asking those big questions because those big questions help us to normalise uh, uncertainty or change and also impacts in a, in a very large way our children's capacities to embrace uncertainty and to also imagine possibilities for a better world. That's right. And I know in your work, you don't only uh, place this question generating task in the lap of the teacher, but that it is very, very important that the students themselves are given space to generate questions whether it's towards some known destination or, as you say, to imagine something and to bring something completely new and innovative to the table. Um, I, you know, we're we used to giving closed-ended questions uh, and there's so many ways that you can open up something, even if there, if there is a destination, like even if you want children to, to know how you add up to 17 you can either make them do a task with three examples or you can say how how do you get to 17 and listen to them come up with not three or five but 100 different ways and often use skills and information you didn't even know they had so that questioning is really important and getting them actively involved is really important. So what are some of the ways, um, Nikki, could you share with uh, the listeners some of the ways that this questioning happens in the classroom? I think, um, Lillianne, when we, we're born asking questions and it's important in our survival. So we start asking questions around um, factual object, objects and then we move it around that age of four years. Um, old to, to those explanations and that stage of, of life where we've got this rapid um, brain growth, we've got synapses that are working, the children are constantly connecting stimuli or thoughts and making mental connections and they keep asking to seek more clarification and information and you'll know um, if you speak to any parents around that early childhood, in that early childhood space, that they're almost exhausted by the questions that these uh, younger children ask. Interestingly, um, these children are trying to categorise um, by using classification or labelling to extend their existing neural pathways and create learning or mental models to classify or categorise. And, and we know this through the research of um, psychologists such as Mostovsky. This, um, something that really uh, was important for me to, to guide my thinking around questions was at that age of four or five, we, uh, Paul Harris from Harvard has found that the four-year-old asks about 390 questions each day, which equates to about 40,000 questions by that age of four or five. Um, a 
psychologist called Gopnik actually refers to children as, as like the research and development division of the human species, which I liked. Um, all of a sudden, these students start, children start school, and we see the questions or the number of questions they ask instantly about to uh, instantly decline at that age group, which can be for a number of reasons. But over time, the, uh, some of the research that right, the Right Question Institute out of Harvard um, have completed, we also see that disengagement increase and they sort of cross over around that year nine age. So I think that the role of questioning is really integral in our school. And as you said before, we, we're trained as, as educators to formulate and spend time creating these magical questions to ask students and to guide them into developing. But that ownership needs to be back on the students to have so that they can um, have increased buy-in, if you like, or interest or engagement in their learning. And that's where we look at uh, some of the work and some of my favourite work from the, the Right Question Institute. Yeah, so I think in our conversation, uh, when we were thinking about this podcast, you were saying that, you know, you open up a topic by saying to the children, what do you see or what would you like to know about this? And then to generate or have them generate a multiplicity of questions. So, you know, in Reggio Emilia, um, the practice is that you might bring a provocation into the room. So the children might walk in one day and there is, say, uh, a bird in a cage or there might be a bowl of fish or, you know, for older students, there, there might be a table set up with, with magnets. And then it's not about you getting involved teaching them, but for them to, to draw out from them all of the possible questions. And I think if they allow to do that, I think you'd agree that slowly but surely those questions become more complex in nature and more around combining information, even from different topic areas and subject areas, might be science linked with maths, it might be art linked with um, literacy, because the more they ask and, the, um, you know, and then give them the opportunity to go out and find the answers and share them with other students. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that questioning technique that, that comes out of um, Harvard. Well, the Right Questioning um, Institute, or the Right Question Institute, Institute has the question formulation technique, and they're very generous. If you do go online, and I'll hand, I'll pass on some references for you to, to um, investigate for your own settings. Uh, this uh, formulation technique is is something that's very easy to take and pop into your practice across subjects. Um, actually embed in, in your teaching practice. And that role, um, as you mentioned before, that teacher's role is almost the curator of the classroom climate, um, the integral to this classroom of curiosity or questioning, so that their role is to make sure the students feel that they're psychologically safe to participate, um, that they feel included and they belong in this classroom. And to start with that, I like the word multimodal prompt, as you mentioned, it might be a, a bowl of fish or it could be some text or an image or a film or a newspaper article that they use to spark the student's interest in the beginning. 
Uh, so this, the question formulation technique allows students um, to think divergently, convergently, and also metacognitively. And that's uh, a really important skill for us moving into the future that our students are able to do this. The, uh, we're provoking responses to make children's thinking really visible so we can see where we need to deepen or extend or challenge our students' thinking. And we engage the students right from the very beginning so that they're identifying the problems or the questions or the statements they have around this prompt and posing the problems for themselves, which also further supports that innovative mindset that we, we all hope to, to have more children moving forward. Yes, I love that. So, you know, some of the questions, as you mentioned, will open up a content area and take them in different directions and then they they can share it they can share it with parents with each other with other classmates but I love that distinction you made also about the questions leading to metacognition or children's understanding about their own thinking I think that's really important and you know rather than saying you know if we continue with the the literacy say about the story itself you know, at the end of it, to be metacognitive, metacognitive, I have to say that word all over again, to be metacognitive, you know, the, you, the children can ask things like, what were you best at today? Um, what did you assume about today's learning when we started? And, and how has that changed? And are you sure you understand it? And how do you know? Uh, so there are lots of questions which tune them in to the kinds of uh, thinking that they're doing that are often related to emotion, not really even to cognition. So we can choose our questioning for different purposes, whether it is to, to um, get the content well-versed, to get the, the consolidation of content, to tune in with the emotion, to understand, you know, how motivated they are, to see them growing their confidence and to build that, but also for them to understand their role and, and how their brain is being harnessed in uh, answering these questions. I love that distinction because the questions really do drive uh, curiosity, as we said. That's right. The um, question formulation technique or QFT has these as protocols around that. And that's another role of the, the teacher or the educator to really create that climate or that ecosystem of questions where the students um, turn their thinking about a particular topic into a question. And then the students are guided to define them as open or closed questions and to turn statements into questions that might have sparked some sort of interest for them. They also, as they move through this protocol, strategize by um, prioritizing the questions what's most interesting to them uh, what's most can, what do they consider to be the most important question to ask what will best help you in your research project how will you solve the problem what do you need and so often we look at these are these are questions and we ask the questions but in this particular um, protocol it's not it's also about what do you need to know or the information you need to gather but also how do you do that? What are the tasks or action? What is your process? What are your strategies for ga uh, gathering this information? And I really liked that um, 
both the information and the action space of gathering gathering the answers for these questions that you may pose. I love that because, you know, that's what teachers usually do. We do all the hard work. But now you're putting the students in position where they are going through this thing incredible process of just deciding what they need and which are the best questions so they're in a situation where they're evaluating things and it's genuinely coming from them I mean don't you just um get mad when when people ask a very closed question I don't know if you've watched on telly you'll have a sportsman doing something amazing and then the interviewer will say well are you feeling excited as though you've achieved your lifetime goal today because Honestly, you made it look easy because you pulled out such a diversity of techniques. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> what can they say? They pretty much say, oh, yes, because you formulated the whole question and the response all at once, and there's really nothing else to add. So you want the students to really dig deep and understand what, what questions they want to formulate and what is going to interest them the most. So, I mean, one of the interesting projects I did um, at one stage was to ask the children in the classroom, what is a line, L-I-N-E? And I mean, I have my reasons for asking them that question, but they then had to start identifying lines all over the place and they found them everywhere. They found them in their artwork. You know, there were straight ones and curly ones. They found them in their construction where they straighten things or when things fell over, the vertical and horizontal lines, they found it in artwork, in clay work. They found it in photography. And, you know, they even had a project where they were given a camera and sent off. So they were questioning the environment as to where are these lines residing. And they found them in walls, on fences, in pavements. Um, they found organic ones in the leaves. So when you Put the question with the children, they, they, it just opened up so many different areas. And then they were able to talk about, you know, when I write the letter A, I have a line. There's one that's round and there's one that's straight. And they, just their vocabulary boomed. So when you ask the right question and get them to continue the questioning, and, you know, particularly with younger children, questions aren't even always verbal. They might be involved in the action or they might need action to open them up. But, you know, they definitely became very curious about lines and their parents were saying, what are you doing? I keep on hearing about a line here and a line there and a line everywhere. So, you know, I think that your um, methodology of unpacking questions and evaluating them can be very, very important for educators in the classroom. That's right. And I think one of the most important factors in this um, creation of a, a questioning classroom is the involvement of parents as well, because that, as you mentioned before, that transfer of knowledge, transfer of learning also helps to, to strengthen that brain development as well. The, um, I think the, the parents just have an integral role in our um, education of our young people and that partnership of creating the questioning classroom. Asking questions, um, there's an example of the Nobel laureate scientist Isidore Isaac Rabian. I think this is a really um, lovely way to finish is um, this particular scientist talks about um, her mother asking her as a child, what good question did you ask today instead of asking what did you learn? 
because it gives uh, our students the feedback that learning is more than just a final score but a lifelong skill. And I think as educators, it's our job, um, as Deborah Meir talks about uh, from the USA, creating schools or classroom where with that are places that are more interested in what we don't know and not just what we do know. And I think um, that's a really great way of looking at what we're doing in the classrooms. Oh, those are really beautiful quotes, Nikki. So, yeah, just to briefly summarise, because we do a little summary spot towards the end of our podcast, why, why are we asking questions? Questions drive curiosity and curiosity drives learning so as students are able to generate their own questions evaluate and follow their own questions they become more confident learners they become more engaged and they become more independent learners and they develop the language that they communicate their ideas and their knowledge and I love that you mentioned that the parents become involved because the more the students will talk about what they're learning the more the parents and the families will be involved so one of the ways to do that in the classroom is to provoke children by bringing really interesting things in asking them to generate their questions and then facilitating them as you say Nikki not to do it for them but to be the bystander and help them to give them the cues, maybe the breadcrumbs about where to find the knowledge so that they can discover it for themselves. And we'd love, if you're listening today and you have um, any questioning techniques or any wonderful ideas about questions, we'd love you to write to us um, at the Thinking Effect podcast at gmail.com and tell us all about your questioning techniques in your classroom. And Nikki, I'd like to thank you so much for giving us your time, bringing your knowledge and information. And I am thrilled with the references that you've brought. And in our YouTube version, I make some visuals which include that information. So if you're watching, you'll see those. But also in the description of the podcast, if you are listening, if you open it up on BuzzFeed or wherever you get yours or Spotify, you'll be able to read Nikki's references there. Very, very valuable information. So thanks once again for being with us and giving us your time. Thanks, Liliana. Thanks for the opportunity.